Season 4, Episode 5, Chapter 40, The Great Escape. After weeks go by with no contact from Archie, Veronica devises a dangerous plan to break him out of juvie. Well, shit. This is one of the best episodes I've done. We said that about last episode. No, that was a, that was a gimmick episode. There was no gimmick to this episode. And they were able to tell a story and move pieces along in a way that made sense and was compelling. And they used all their players very well. Okay, so why don't you recap that recap? Archie's in a fight club. Then he takes some punishment. Veronica gives an ultimatum to Daddy. Mad Dog died. Griffins and Gargoyles killed some kids. Alice saw the Gargoyle King. Jughead plays the game and Archie's planning an escape. All right, so we start this episode in the bunker, and Jughead is GMing a game of Griffins and Gargoyles. And he's he's talking through the friends and telling them what's going on. And then we cut to Archie playing dominoes in, in juvie. And Joaquin comes up and says, okay, baby teeth cut the switch. It's now or never. They kind of talk back and forth. We go to back to Jughead, and you know he's like, roll the dice to throw your fate. We, get, we have a lot of cuts back and forth. Archie tells Joaquin, okay, let's do it. Joaquin throws up the symbol, and a prison fight starts, and the boys start running towards the fence, because basically they've turned off the electric fence. Yeah. Joaquin's running behind him. He slips and falls. Archie doubles back to help him up. They start running. The guards come out, start shooting them with rubber bullets, and they hit the ground, and Archie covers for Joaquin. They're making homage after homage to prison break movies. Oh, yeah. That's a defiant one shot right there. Sure. The first time I saw this, I was like, wait, are they killing these kids? No, it was rubber and, bullets. And, and, well, we got the line rubber bullets later, but this time when I watched it, I saw the rubber bullets and went, oh, okay. Okay. Good God. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to the bunker and Jughead tells the team, you know, your mission was unsuccessful. Everyone dies. And then we replay the final scene from the last episode where Betty is confront telling Jughead about... You'll never guess what my mom told me. I call this manic pixie jughead. A little bit. And so then <laughs> so then we, we kind of shift and now we've got just Jughead and Betty talking. Betty has confirmed to Jughead that yeah, our parents played G and G and she explains to him what happened with Felix Featherhead. And now Jughead has gone to the crazy place. He's like, We have to go off the serpents and the ghoulies. It might as well be orcs and goblins. And Betty's just like Okay, you've gone to the crazy place now. Well, except <laughs> like like there is there is a logic point to Jughead, but he had he does sound insane. He does point out that Elderbear is an anagram for Riverdale, which I just felt stupid for not getting in the first place. I did when I first heard it. I'm I'm a I'm a more visual person, so when I heard it, I was like, okay, that's something. And then when I saw the caption for it, I knew oh, those are letters for Riverdale. And so Jughead's just theorizing, and he's going through, and he's going through, and Betty's like, who's telling you all this? And Jughead goes on this long monologue about, it's the game, and the more I play, the more familiar I am, and, and, and I have to become that much better at this game so I can confront the Gargoyle King. This is very Rust Cole. Yes. Yes. Which, again... True Detective. R.I.S. said that True Detective season one was a huge influence on this season. Yeah. And it shows. It does show. The point of you have this person who seems like he's totally nuts when it turns out he's been so addled by what he's witnessed, mm -hmm. but it's all very real. Yeah. And so Jughead is like, hey, you should come play with this so you can learn about it as well. And but he's like, no, you keep playing, but 
you just stay down here and be safe because then I don't have to worry about you. But I'm going to go focus on the nine suspects that I have for who the Gargoyle King is. And she's referring to the parents. Because you crazy, I don't trust you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to play the game because she promised mom she wasn't going to play the game. And why should she? There's no reason for yeah, Betty she, to play. She doesn't need to. She's not worthy. We cut over to the Pembroke and Veronica is reading the Wallbeat Journal. Fuck off. Just <laughs> fuck off. Fuck you. I like, kind of thought it was funny. No. Okay, so Hiram's come in. He's like, you should go take a run with me. And, oh, did you hear what happened at Leopold and Loeb? And he's just working her up. And he's just, he's just being a dick. He's being a huge dick. He's like, you know, Archie, you know, he was the ringleader. They're going to um, add an extra year to his sentence. And Veronica's just like, look, I know you're trying to set me off, but I'm going to get Archie out. And then you're going to rot away in that prison that you built. And she walks away. And so Hiram, you know, gets on his phone. He's like, oh, Warden Norton, please. Veronica is giving as much as she gets from him. And I kind I, of love it. I like that she is no, like, she still is intimidated by her father, but she's not going to let him stop her. She's as intimidated by her dad as anybody else in the town. Yeah, like, well, it's just, it doesn't have the same power over her. Nope. Which I love. Uh, we cut over to Archie. He has been tied to his prison cell bed. That escalated quickly. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and the warden comes in and he brands him. Let this serve as a reminder. You can't fight your destiny. Okay. Yeah, that's not great. We cut over to the blue and gold and uh, Reggie, Josie, and Kevin are there. And Betty is laying it out for them. Hold up. You're telling me my mother was a rule-breaking anti-apartheid activist in high school? Like, that's Josie. Like, she just, like, this is not the woman I know. And I love Reggie's face. He's just sitting there. He looks so much like a teenager. They all do. But him especially, because the way he carries himself is not very, he's very, like, I'm awesome. I'm the captain of the football team. But in these moments, especially last episode and this one, the way he's just sitting, he's just like, oh, Okay. Well, they've literally crumbled Reggie's world around him, so now he's having to figure some shit yeah, out. He says, there's no way my old man hung out and did, like, cosplay with a group of lame-ass nerds. And I love Kevin's reaction to that. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Kevin and Josie both look at him like, really? So Betty has charged them with asking their parents what their parents know about that night, but to tread lightly, don't want them to know that we know about their midnight club like you gotta be be okay and i just love the teenagerness of this it's like all right we gotta outsmart our parents it's great it's it's adorable be careful and subtle which is totally directed at reggie we go over to the speakeasy and we see elio who we met last season when veronica was entertaining suitors for businesses uh, legit businesses for lodge industries nice little teen mobster action here a little, little bit and so she's talking to him and she's like look you know i hear sweetwater casino will soon be giving the miragio a run for its money fuck off riverdale <laughs> like this is this it's gonna keep happening you just better be okay with you know it. i complimented them about two episodes like oh they're getting better with her references no they just they like i think it's it's a crutch they're use it's a crutch for them with her it's when been a crutch from day one oh though. absolutely and it and and for a while it bothered me and then i was like oh well they do that in the comic books but the problem is they only have her doing it and they do it to a degree that it takes you out of anything that's going on in the episode. Oh, yeah. Which is why it's horrible. Like, I could buy Wallbeat Journal if they weren't saying this type of shit. If that was just a little Easter egg that if you saw it, you're like, ah, ha, 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 that'd be fine. 
but that plus this crap pisses me off. I mean, I've finally gotten to the point with it where I just gave up because I know it's going to be stupid. And so now I just kind of treat it like a dad joke because they know what they're doing with it. So basically, Veronica's like, look, I know you've got connections through the mob to the prison. I need your help. And he's like, okay, but if I scratch your back, she's like, I'm a lodge. I know how this goes. We cut back to Jughead. He's at the trailer. He's working as typewriter. He's being frustrated. And in walks Cheryl and Tony. She's like, we have a problem. The boys got into the arsenal. So they run, <laughs> they run outside and it's Fangs and Sweet Pea being ridiculous and throwing arrows and... They seem drunk. They do kind of seem drunk, but I think they're just being stupid. Cheryl says, like, you know, Tony and I were having a rendezvous when an arrow shot right through their tent. And so, like, they're all fighting and, like, bitching at each other. And the problem is Fangs and Sweet Pea want to take the game off board. Of course. They want to go on a real quest. And Jughead's like, nope, not until I say. And then they go back and forth about, you know, you want us to be your foot soldiers in life and the game. And Jughead's not having this. He's like... Fuck all you people. So he goes, he picks up a can. He's like, Cheryl, notch an arrow. And he goes up to the tree. He puts a can on top of it. And he's like, shoot. And they're like, you're not serious. And he's like, he yells, fire, dead eye. Clearly, of course. Uh, of course, Cheryl's dead eye. That Cheryl, line Cheryl, got me. I hate the way he yells. Oh, it's I love really that one. But she she throws the arrow. It goes right through the can on top of his head. And Jack is just like, if you got something to prove, get up against the tree. And he walks off. Don't love, defy me don't again. Don't defy me again. Fucking shit. I, I love this jugging. I love that. Riverdale. Back at the speakeasy, Veronica gets a phone call, and Elio says, you're going to come as my date. You're going to be dressed incognito. You're just going to have to wait until to see. Mysterious. Mysterious. Suspicious. So then we go back to the trailer, and Jughead is sleeping on the couch, and FP's next to him. He just starts talking to him, and Jughead's like, huh? <laughs> well, FP's clearly stewing, also because he's seen that he's got the manual, yeah, like, and he's got a bunch of quests written out. Yeah. And FP's just like, you're still doing this? Uh, screwing around with this boy? And Jughead's like, apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He's like, I know you played G&G. I know all about what happened at your principal in the Ascension party. FP's like, how? Oh. Fuck, it's Betty, which means Alice spilled the beans. But you know what? That is Alice's version, not mine, which is interesting. FP is spooked. He is very spooked. And so they kind of go back and forth. FP doesn't know. He's run every bit of it. And he just he's worried about his son. And Jughead's like, look, don't you want to know who killed Featherhead? Like, don't you want to know who's doing this? So, like, I'm going to go figure it out. You know what's kind of cool about this scene is... This is a pure role reversal. Mm -hmm. We saw Cole play Pete as FP. Yeah. FP is in Jughead mode. What the fuck is happening? The kids are figuring this out. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what happened, and I'm still upset about it, and I want to figure out the truth. It's kind of like FP's gotten caught, and Jughead's just like, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. And FP is genuinely freaked out by the way Jughead is talking. Because Jughead has fully immersed himself in this game. Yeah. Like he, and if, if, if Griffins and Gargoyles is a cult, he's fully immersed. And FP is, is worried that his son's going to go completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. But there's also, there's also this look in his eye when Jughead goes, don't you want to figure this out? And FP kind of has this glint of, yeah, I get you. 
All right, so we cut over to Pops for an extremely awkward but very cute lunch. <laughs> uh, we've got Mary McCoy, Sheriff Keller, Josie and Kevin. So this this new family, if you will. And they're, you know, they're all like, oh, this is fun. And so Josie's like, um, Mom, Mr. Keller, Kevin and I were talking and we realized we don't really know anything about how you two met. And so we know, like we know because we saw the last episode, but. Like, they're being very – like, we were just uh, – we, we went to Riverdale High, of course, and we were just acquaintances. We didn't run in the same circles. So you didn't do any extracurriculars together? And Tom is just like, none that I can recall. And Kevin's face is just like, you're so full of shit right now. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The two kids this whole time are looking at each other like, Ugh. I love the schemey – Josie Kevin sibling relationship. It's so perfect and just creates another layer of bonding for them that works great. And it's just more fodder for them. Like, I love it. And I, I will say, I loved how we got so much of them in the last episode in the flashback and how much we got of them here. Like, them plus Reggie. Love it. It's hilarious. Not to mention, uh-huh. this is the best Robin Givens has ever been in this show. Yes, though I don't like her hair. Well. The bangs aren't working for me. But. But she is believable and enjoyable. We have context yes. for her now. And with that bit of context, hopefully mm-hmm. she will improve. It also might just be good chemistry between her and the guy playing Tom. McCoy takes Keller's hand and is like, okay, Josie, Kevin, there's something we should discuss. So, like, even at this moment, I was like, they're getting married. Like, we knew that was going to happen. And the look between Josie and Kevin is... I'm like, oh, man. Uh... We cut over to, uh, it's called the rec center, but where they have the juvie fight club. Veronica is in, you know, her blonde wig and everything. And like, okay, so what is this? Elio explains, this is a decommissioned rec center this is the fight. I hear he always wins. And they walk Archie in. He's got a shroud over his head. And Veronica sees him, not fully knowing it's him. And she goes, I would recognize those abs anywhere. She's not wrong. No. It's great. I, I like that line because of how much joshing we do about the beefcake moments. Did we say that Leopold and Loeb was in Seaside? Because we're at Seaside Recreation Center. No, but it says that on the building. Yeah. Nobody's just, nobody said it out loud yet. So clearly we are in Seaside. Seaside. That makes sense. All right. So we have the, we have the fight. Uh, we, we don't really see it. We just hear some punching. Cut to Archie's in the locker room and he's icing his hands and then in walks Veronica. And she goes, Archie, Veronica? Oh no, blah, 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 blah. She starts ta- asking questions. They start making out and, and Archie's like, Veronica, I don't want to talk right now. So they have their conjugal visit. I hate this scene. You know, it was one of the few times where they had them having sex and it didn't feel out of place. And it was literally just they start making out and then they cut to him putting his shirt on and her buttoning her shirt. Like it was very quick and it was the the smallest amount of lead up and afterwards that I appreciate, because I yeah, don't need anything else. At least we're not, you know, picnic by the fire undressed. Yeah, because that was gre- creepy and gross. <laughs> this was like, all right, and we're done. Great. Love it. Perfect. Like, it was the exact right amount, because I don't find them hot at all. <laughs> I just don't. Veronica is saying, you know, I've gone through all the legal stuff, but, you know, we're not in prison right now. We're at the rec center, and the security was tight, but Elio and I got through, so... 
you know, we, we need to figure out something. And Archie says that there's a drain under the pit. Warden Norton had me hosing it down and we see him doing this. And he's like, I think I could squeeze through it. Veronica says, curse your broad shoulders. And he's like, I don't know where that drain goes, but, you know, it might be something to look into. So Veronica's like, okay, I'll let me do some research, but you need to be ready. When's your next fight? And it's coming out fast. All right, well, that's when we're breaking you out. All right, so they've got a plan. It's a stupid plan, but it's a plan. <laughs> uh, we cut to the trailer park. You know, the, the serpent friends are sitting by the fire, and they're hanging out. And out walks Jughead with a stack of paper. Fellow serpents, I know all of you have been eager to get back to Elder Bear. Cancel your plans. We play tomorrow. We go over to the blue and gold, and Kevin, Josie, and Reggie are there to, to tell Buddy what they've learned. So they said nothing? They admitted nothing? Well, all they did was lie and act like they don't know about G&G. Way to bury the lead, Kevin. They also announced that they're getting married, and Kevin does this, oh, and points to Josie like you have a point there. Oh, and, yeah. That. <laughs> and Betty's response, like, seriously? What, as a smoke screen? And Josie's response is, I have no clue. Buried her head in her hands. Like, I love that the kid. like, they're just such great kids in this moment. They're like, they told us they're getting married. What Are the they- fuck is happening? Like, and they don't, and they honestly could believe a world where their parents are just telling them they're getting married to get them to not pay attention to the griffin and gargoyles. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's great. And Reggie, well, he takes off some sunglasses. He's got a black eye. And he's like, this is what I got when I asked my dad about that stupid game. And everyone's kind of like, oh, damn. And then Reggie, why are our parents being so cagey about something that happened 25 years ago? Like, What aren't you telling us? Yeah. Veronica walks in, you know, cuts off all the conversation. She goes, hey, guys, whatever this is, it has to wait. I saw Archie. He's caught up in some diabolical team fight club. We need to break him out of juvie before he dies or kills somebody, and you all have to help me. Well, shit. We cut back over to the bunker. Jughead's, you know, getting ready for the party. And Betty's like, Jughead, what are you doing? You're getting ready for a party? And Jughead's like, yeah, I'm going to start a new quest. You want to join? <laughs> and Betty's like, no, I have to help Veronica break Archie out of juvie. And I was hoping you could come with us. Huh? You're breaking Archie out of juvie? And and they just go back and forth and... Jughead does the creepy thumb on the cheek. That sounds perfect. And so he's talking about how, you know, this quest, it lacked heart, but now this is what it can be. But he's just like, this is not a game. This is Archie's life. And if you refuse to recognize that, take in your bike. And she leaves. <laughs> I love she's like, okay, you're going to be fucking stupid. That's fine. I'm taking your bike. Goodbye. She has no time for Jughead's nonsense right now. Nope. No, it's great. It's great. Except is it nonsense? It is nonsense, but in the best way. Is it? We go over to the warden's office and it's Archie and the warden and it's a very elegant spread. And Archie's like, I didn't think you'd give this to me after I escaped. So I take it you're not rewarding me. And the warden's just like, yep, we're putting you out to pastures, your final fight, because you've got some powerful enemies. So Archie asks him, like, look, just be honest with me. How did Hiram Lodge pin Cassidy Bullock's murder on me? And here comes evil villain soliloquy. Like, he just offers all of this freely. I mean, he assumes Archie's gonna die in five, in like an hour, so who cares? Well, it's a little dumb. It is, but I'm glad we get this information. We find out Hiram paid off Cassidy's friends $10,000 each to lie under oath. Your life is worth $30,000. And Archie asks, so where are they? Are they dead? And the warden says... It might as well be, but they're hiding. Some say in Shadow Woods, 
But if it was me, I'd hide in shadow in the mines by Shadow Lake. Uh. No chance of being found there. That's coming back. I'm calling those Chekhov's mines because that's coming back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a checkoff mine. Well, you could see Archie just like plotting this all out in his head because I got to prove my innocence. Well, there's all that, but if there's a place to hide, because uh, Archie escapes, spoiler for the rest of the episode, what? what? He's eventually going to have to go somewhere. He's going to go to those mines. Well, Someone of the Scoobies is going to those mines. Nobody knows that Dilton Doily has a bunker. And Archie asked one last question Does Hiram Lodge own you too? As he always pulled the strings. My soul belongs to no mere mortal, Andrews. Judgment of all men belongs to he who resides in the kingdom alone. But he's watching us. He's always watching. And Archie's like, huh? Because Archie doesn't know anything about this Griffin and Gargoyles nonsense. No, nothing. Which I, I like because dumb, dumb Archie face works here. <laughs> uh, he hasn't been super. Well, that's not true. He was dumb in the first episode. Also, the warden is drinking from a little goblet. Yes, he is. Uh, interesting yeah. interesting mm-hmm. first time i heard this i thought it was stupid second time i went mm-hmm. nah this is pretty good they're, they're feeding it to us i like it okay so now we're gonna get into a lot of back and forth between the speakeasy and the bunker they wove these together really really well yes they did it gets a little ham-handed it, it is but i'm okay with it because it t- it moves the story along in an interesting way without trying to put all these two groups of kids all together it also raises this huge fucking question which we'll talk about at the end of the episode yeah so i mean i was i was impressed because we wanted this earlier in the season when they didn't do it they did do it and then the last couple episodes they've started to do this back and forth that's working really well with all these disjointed stories yep okay so we go to the bunker Jughead's, you know, starting to lay out, you know, strange, dark times. Then we go to the speakeasy, and Veronica's like, look, thank you for all being here. Archie's stuck behind bars. He's in danger. Jughead. The realm of Eldevere is in disorder, afflicted by evil in his heart and soul, and the Red Paladin has been captured by the Mad Emperor and twisted into a beast war. The Red Paladin. What does Paladin mean? It's like little warrior guy i mean it's generic enough human warrior type person okay so then we go back to veronica and she's like look i know that we're flying by the seat of our pants but we have to plan as much as possible because if we deviate archie could die we need a distraction to disorient the guards to hide archie's play for that grade we need something we can sneak into the location easily that won't arouse suspicion and something that we can make ourselves. So we cut over to Josie, Kevin, Reggie going into the chemistry lab at school, breaking bad, you know, cooking up something. And they create something that pops on top of a soda can. It's a smoke bomb. It's a smoke bomb. That fits on top of there. Veronica shows a map to Betty and she's like, okay, this is the getaway route. I want you to pick up here, stick to the woods. Cars shouldn't be able to follow you. But he's like, okay, but just in case, I want to add another precaution. We cut over to Juvie, and Joaquin is wrapping Archie's hand. And Archie's like, look, something might go down, but I'll come back for for you. And Joaquin is looking really sad. And Joaquin kisses Archie. And Archie is totally taken aback by this. It's like, dude, what are you doing? And then we cut to Jughead. He's like, we begin with a Judas kiss. And we cut back to to Joaquin, and he shivs Archie. I was so excited the second this happened. I was so happy too because I I loved the back and forth and I loved that because so many people on the internet were so fucking furious that there was going to be a Joaquin and Archie kiss. And I love that it was purely used to th- to so that Archie wouldn't see the shiv coming. Uh-huh. It was just a distraction. Love it. 
Perfect. Thank you. Also, fuck those people. If Archie and Joaquin have a kiss, who cares? Yeah. Joaquin says, I'm sorry, Archie, but the warden said if I did this, I'd finally assent. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, so that's a whole thing. Jughead, a dastardly act of betrayal. A traitor has wounded the paladin, severely weakening his defensive. With his life in peril, it's now up to you, dream warriors, to save the red paladin and to restore peace in order to the realm. But just so you know, uh, with every second, paladin's fate dims. So we cut over to... Archie's being walked out to the fight and he's bleeding from the side. He's super weak. Like, this is not good. Joaquin nope. got him good. And let the game begin. So then we cut to Veronica and Reggie rolling up to the rec center. Okay, her dress is too fucking much. Uh huh. Reggie's fucking hot. <laughs> He is, except he looks like a teenager. I'm okay with that, though. I am, too. But that's what uh, makes me Remember our ruse? One of our biggest complaints about the show is we need them to be teenagers from time no, to no, time. No, no, no. I love that. Mm-hmm. It just plays so weird against how madam powerful yes, they're how playing she, Veronica. Veronica yeah. That it was like, one or the other. Like, have them be totally unconvincing mm-hmm. and have to bluff their way through. Yeah. So they go up to the bouncer guy. The, they, the password they have is is wrong. It's the one from last week that changes every week. We cut Jughead, and he's talking to Deadeye, which is Cheryl. It's like, you're at the entrance, but you've been blocked by a bridge troll. How do you proceed? So <laughs> Veronica says that she is Monica Norton related to Warden Norton. And they go back and forth, and they basically con their way in. Jughead says, you know, you're inside. Pantera, you're up. Pantera being fangs. <laughs> then we cut to Kevin, and he's playing a delivery guy bringing in refreshments. So, like, I'll just run him inside. He goes in. Okay, you're great. Kevin yeah. gives this look that everybody's thinking, man, grown-ups in Riverdale are fucking dumb. Yeah, like, he's just <laughs> like, this is way easier than it should be. Yeah. Why is everybody so trusting? What the fuck? I love it. Casey Cott. It's always hitting it out of the park. Jackhead, you're entering the lion's den. The paladin is being marched to meet his doom, for he must face a resurrected hellhound. So Archie's going to fight Mad Dog, who's not dead. Big fucking shock. Woohoo! However, I do love the little raging bull reference as they drag Archie in, mm-hmm. and Mad Dog has the robe on with yeah. his back in the corner. I was yeah. like, I dig this. Like, I like it. Like, I get this reference. Thank you. Archie sees Mad Dog, and he's like, where have you been? It's me. It's Archie. And we cut to Betty, and she is in full serpent regalia. <laughs> she's got black pants. She's got she's it's great. Love it. It's a I mean, nice. It's a lovely little callback to her playing Alice in the last episode. It is, and it's also just you know gotta wear protective stuff if you're gonna go biking. Exactly. You always, you always should be covered. No skin below the chin is the saying when you're riding a bike. And hey, Betty is the serpent queen. She is, and she's messing with the car, and she pulls something out of it. So she's booby trapped a car. Okay, cool. We go back to the rec center, care for a drink. Josie is serving drinks, and she is giving me full Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction vibes. But it's also callback to Sierra. Mm-hmm. There's tons of callbacks yeah. going on, and oh, I love it. Absolutely, I'm all about it. So Notifies these two that they're betting against Archie. That the yeah the guards are betting heavy, so he's going down. He doesn't have long. Veronica's like, okay, wait for my signal. We cut back Jughead, and he's talking to Fangs. Okay, you've arrived at the Mad Emperor's Tunnel. We cut to Kevin. He has come to what we assume to be the end of the drain tunnel, but there's a gate. There's a lock there. You found the entrance, but the Mad Emperor's has placed a Bano protection spell over the barrier. Kevin goes, well, that is super annoying. (laughs) And he sees Joaquin running by. He's like, Joaquin. 
well, we're breaking Archie out. What are you doing here? And Joaquin's like, it's too late for Archie. And Kevin's like, what are, what are you doing? Are you going back to Serpents? And Joaquin's like, no, I, I joined a different gang. Just leave. G- get out of here right now. Go. And Kevin's like, Joaquin? Like, what? No. It's sweet. It's sweet and sad. So we're back in the pit. Archie and Mad Dog fighting. And Archie's like, I'm not going to fight you. You're not my enemy. But you got to listen to me. There's a plan in place. My girl's going to cause a commotion. I'm going to break for the drain. Maddox's like, you'll never make it, not after getting shivs. And Archie's like, yes, I can. And Maddox's like, you're going to need a head start. Barf. Betty joins up Kevin at the grate, and she's like, why isn't it open? There's a lock we didn't know about. Kevin's like, look, I Joaquin was here. I got to go after him. I'll be back in time. Okay, go over to the game. What is it, Game Master? <laughs> Jughead, it's a curveball. You're about <gasps> to come face to face with the dark dragon. Veronica runs right into Hiram. And he's just, Hiram goes right, Veronica's like, what do you think you're doing here? I could ask you the same, Daddy, and I bet your an- my answer's better than yours. It's true. She's uh, got him dead to rights on yeah, this. Yeah, and she goes, sorry, Daddykins, but this is going to hurt you a lot more than it will me. And she stomps on his foot. She digs her heel into his foot. Oh, it was so good. So she she goes over and she gives her signal and all the, ki- all the kids take the cans and throw them in. Smoke starts filling the pool. Mad Dog, let's go! And uh, I tried. You go. Mad Dog's like, I'll hold off the guards. Just go red. Don't look back. So Archie, you know, goes under the whatever the platform is and goes down into the drain. And the warden is watching all this happen. And he's, he's just, find him. We know where that pipe leads. Find him now. So we cut over to the, the edge of the grate. And Archie emerges. He It's very Shawshank Redemption. And as Betty got the lock oh, removed God. from the tunnel, Archibald Andrews crawled through a river of shit to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you looked that up so you could do it. <laughs> I love how, like, when Betty gets it, she, Archie's like, what took you so long? <laughs> and Betty's like, I could ask you the same thing. I... I I love this this sweet familiarity between them. There's nothing romantic. Sorry, Barchi fans, but it's just like that's my bud. Like that's my that's one of my best people. There's no romantic feelings in, yet in this moment. In this moment, it's about the friendship. Of course, not romance. Oh yeah, that's cool. All right, we're going to Jughead. You freed the paladin from the dungeon, but you're not clear from the Mad Emperor yet. And so we see the warden, and he's in a car. He's trying to get it started. So Betty uh, sabotaged his car. And then zooming right behind him is Betty and Archie on a bike. Uh-huh. They've got their helmets on. They're good. And now we get a huge chase scene. And Jughead is narrating it within the game with the twists and the turns. And all of a sudden, they get cornered, and they have to stop. And Betty stops the bike. And I love her with Jughead's helmet on. It's great because it's got the crown insignia. They they stop, and quotation marks, Archie takes off his helmet, and it's Kevin. He's like, can I help you, officers? <laughs> Love it. It's so cute. Casey Cott is so hot. <laughs> I, I really love him. He's uh, adorable. He's just precious. Jughead's like, bravo, your deception gamut has paid off. You've outsmarted the Emperor's cavalry. Then we cut to Reggie's car. Reggie and Josie are standing there. This is such a Pulp Fiction thing right here with the way they're both dressed and the way they're standing next to the car. They throw Archie in the back on top of his Letterman jacket. Yeah. and uh, Or Reggie's probably, but whatever. Back in the bunker in the game, Cheryl's like, Game Master, what happened? Did we save the Red Paladin? And Jughead's like, 
I don't know. I made a last minute change to the quest and I was hoping to have an ending or an answer by the time we got here. And the group is like, what do you mean, Game Master? Where is the Red Paladin? (laughs) Been there. Been Been there. We've been there with our kids on bikes uh, yelling at our Game Master. And then we cut back over to Betty and Kevin and Warden Norton is getting in the face. Where is he? Where is the Red Paladin? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking. So Betty pulls out her mace. She goes, let him go or I'll mace you. And so they all kind of fall back. And then we... we... Which is odd, because they literally all just ditch. Yeah. Like, they're done. And it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, those guys are totally a part of the game. Okay, so we go over to the bunker, and the friends are like, come on, like, what is going on? And they hear this banging. It's banging on the bunker. (laughs) And they're like, what? What? And, And they're all, is it over? Did he die? Did he die? And Archie drops down into the bunker. And they all are like, oh my god, it's Archie. And like Jughead kind of goes to like help him up. because Jughead has giant eyes. He's like, oh, fuck. And so, okay, so we have a little commercial break. And we come back and Archie is, is in the bed. And Tony is tending to his wound. Because she's the mob doctor. She's the mob doctor. And like, okay, don't make any sudden movements. And like, who did this, Archie? And he goes, it was Joaquin. He stabbed me. I think the warden made him do it, but... Guys, where the hell am I? <laughs> You're in Dilton's bunker. The only people who know it exists are in this room. It's the safest place in Riverdale, I promise. And Archie's like, Dilton Doily has a bunker? <laughs> and they all kind of look at each other like, ah, Dilton's dead. Like, we'll get you up to speed once you're rested. It's that and, oh, yeah, Archie doesn't know anything <laughs> been, about what's going on. He's gone for a bit, dude. And then Archie's kind of whines and they're like, what is this on your hip? And we finally see his brand. It's clearly a rune. Uh-huh. A runic symbol. And he's just like, Warden Norton, he put it on me after I tried to escape. And the only two people in the room, like, everybody's like, oh, God. Betty's Except- like, Jug. Yeah, those two are like, like holy fuck. shit. Everyone else is kind of like, whatever. And then Veronica's like, okay, I need everyone's attention. My father saw me, so I need to go do some damage control. But someone has to stay with Archie at all times. Archie tries to protest and like, nope. And Betty says, Jug and I will take the first shift. And then Veronica, you know, kind of says the exact same thing that happened in the last episode with the pact. She goes... Now, equally important, everyone in this room is part of a pact. From this moment on, no one knows where this bunker is. No one was involved in that breakout. And no one is aware of Archie's whereabouts. To the grave. Capiche? It is happening again. again. All right, so we cut to the Pembroke. And Mayor Lodge is furious. Hermione's fucking pissed, and I love it. Hermione just lays into him. She goes, Archie escaping from an underground flight club that you knew about. I am being hounded by social workers. The Innocent Project is breathing down my neck. For God's sakes, I took donations from Ward Norton. And I was just like, calm the fuck down, bitch. It'll be fine. And she is not having she it from him. She is not listening to this. So then... Veronica walks in. Oh, finally she arrives. Do you have any kind of idea what mess you've made? And Veronica just matches her. Me? What about your husband? Madre de Dios! You two are going to drag this family down. Like you guys are obsessed with Archie Andrews. It's going to destroy us. She's not wrong. And so then she yells out that she has to go like fix this mess and leaves. No, she's not wrong at all. Where the hell are you going? (laughs) And she's just like, Fuck you, Hiram. Fuck both of you. Fuck both of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I love it. Great. Oh, God. Uh, it, it's a great scene. It was finally time for Hermione to just slap them both in the face. Uh, we were back at Pops, and Kevin, Josie, and Reggie are hanging out, and I had to try to find him, but it was no use. I had to double back to be the decoy. Shh! 
Pops is walking Pops by. Pops is walking by, delivering their milkshakes. He's, he's out there. Well, he's out there. I still can't believe we pulled off the escape. Shh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> like, I just, I love these three's dynamic. To be fair, Reggie is just a doofus. He's always been a doofus in the comics. He is in the comics, but in this show, he wasn't used in season one. He was barely used in season two. He was bumped up. Um, Charles Melton was bumped up to a series regular. So I love that they're using him because yeah. Reggie is a great character. And I just love, man, I just can't believe we pulled it off. I'm sorry. It's, it's a, a secret. secret. Good God. Uh, and so like, are are we doing this or not? And Josie's like, I don't know, you guys. Come on, Josie. Don't you want to find out what our parents and Betty won't tell us? And they pull out a copy of Griffins and Gargoyles. And Kevin says, I want to know the truth. Wherever it leads. Oh, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. So then we get a, we interrupt our top ten countdown for an important news bulletin. Convicted murderer Archibald Andrews has escaped from the Leopold and Little Juvenile Detention Center. He is considered extremely dangerous. The public is advised to remain indoors and to report suspicious activity. It is believed he will seek refuge in his hometown of Riverdale. Well, that's fucking stupid. All it does is tell us, okay, well, everybody knows. Now there's going to be a manhunt. Yep. Which I believe is the title of the next episode, maybe? I think so. <laughs> I'm so smart. Okay, we go back to the bunker. Archie's finally fallen asleep. And I love how Ar- the way Archie's sleeping. He's totally splayed out and his face is to the side. Like, he's sleeping. He looks how normal people sleep. Well, he's so fucking tired. Well, they didn't try to, like, make it angelic. Like, if if I had seen drool, I would have not have been surprised. How much you would have bet that was KJ just being like... Fuck it, I'm gonna be dead. No, I think it's like, I'm finally in the same room with these people again, and I don't get to talk. (laughs) I'm gonna go to sleep. (laughs) I I can see KJ doing that. Betty brings up, did you see his brand? It looks like a runic symbol from Griffins and Gargoyles. And he said the warden gave him to him, and the warden also called Archie a red paladin. And, okay, does does that mean that he was playing? And Jug is just like, See, this game is much bigger than a couple kids playing. Things are firing off in Jug's brain. And he's like, what if what if Ward Norton is the Gargoyle King? And Betty's like, okay, Jug, before we dive in, maybe you should go to sleep. Like, just get a couple hours. I'll kick this watch. And Jug is like, all right. And he goes over to Archie. He's like, sleep well, Paladin. I have a bad feeling your trials are only beginning. That's the understatement of the fucking year. A little bit. All right, so we go back. we go back to the Warden's office. And he's sitting at his desk, and he's got these game cards, and one of them says, kill the Red Paladin. So clearly he's failed. So he gets a knock on his door, guard comes in and says, Mayor Lodge is here, and she'd like to have a word with you. And Norton says, okay, I'll I'll tell her I'll be right out. And so we see him pull out a, a chalice, it's the same one he was drinking from previously. There's some blue liquid in there, he takes a pill, he opens it, swirls it around, he drinks it, takes off his glasses... And he has poisoned himself. Of course. So he spits up a bunch of blue stuff and he dies. I think he actually has the two chalices. No, you only see the one. I thought it was. All right. Well, because there, there, there's no flip for fate. He failed his mission. Uh, he failed. Fine. He did not kill the Red Paladin. It's time to ascend. And so we get our Jughead narration. He says, you know, in the end, why did Ward Norton do it? Was he afraid of retribution from the authorities for his illegal activities? Or was it that the game of G&G he'd been playing has finally over and the Gargoyle King was calling him home to ascend? Either way, the result was the same. Death by cyanide poisoning. And so we see Jughead, you know, leaving the bunker and he's walking through the forest. Jughead walks alone at night. Yeah, well, Jughead walks alone at night. He, he hears a rustling and he kind of like hides behind a bush and he sees the Gargoyle King turn around and kind of like open his palms. And Jughead comes out of the bush and he bows to the gargoyle king and Riverdale. 
what the fuck? I, I loved it. This was one of the best episodes I've ever done. It really was. It moved the story along. We got to have all of our players involved. Like, of course, some people got more screen time than others. I don't care. But everybody had a fun part to play. And it wasn't just fluff. I love it. It was great. When Riverdale's like this, it's amazing and fun. So and they're going to fuck it up here in a minute. <laughs> look, that's true. But I don't see any way with the story moving in the direction it's moving now, how they can go off the rails just yet. We'll see. So there's no new episode on the 21st. Yeah. So our next new episode is on the 28th of November. And so then we've got like three more episodes before the midseason break. So eh, it'll be all right. I don't think they can screw up this mini arc. Now, coming back from the midseason, who the fuck knows? Well, then they've got the long slog, so we'll see how that works. So, we're going to do our normal thing now, because we have not seen the next episode, and we're going to play a little music, and then when we come back, we're going to have our instant reactions to the next time on. I have a slight spoiler for the upcoming episodes. It actually came out a few weeks ago, but you and I hadn't talked about it yet, so I'm going to talk about it during that. But if you don't want those spoilers, you can head out now. Remember, if you want to get our drive-through episodes, which is which go up on Fridays after new episodes, you just need to become a Patreon member at Patreon.com/MacintoshandMod. And if you're not ready to do that yet, we understand. But please go on to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, and give us a little review. It helps put us in front of other Riverdale fans' eyes. All right, let's go watch this trailer. Okay. Okay, so that circle of guys standing around the fire with the mask, those are totally the prison guards. Is it, though? I think those are the prison guards. Uh, they were playing the game. I think this is the cults of the Gargoyle King. We don't really know what that is yet. I mean, it, it's definitely connected to this farm, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, so next episode, okay, it looks like Josie gets possessed, so that's going to be Evelyn Evernever. She's going to pop her head back up and do some voodoo-y stuff to her. That's possible. I can see that happening. Or maybe it's like a seizure thing again. Okay, it looks like the Gargoyle King is going to show up inside the Cooper house. The question is, why can Alice and Betty see him even though they're not tempted by him? Unlike others. Alice already played. She saw the Gargoyle King but didn't go towards him. Anybody else True. who's seen him has bought in. It has. I think it has to do with the seizure thing. I think it has to do with the seizure in the farm. Yeah, but I don't. we don't know why yet. I'm not exactly sure how. Archie's going to make a run for it. Yep. He's hiding in the bunker. He's probably getting sick of that. He's going to leave because he's trying to say goodbye to Veronica. So you had brought this up to me previously that Riley Keough. Riley Kay. Okay, I don't Whatever. Elvis's granddaughter. Got it. That girl. She's showing up in the She's going to show up in the series. A couple weeks ago, they revealed who she was. And that she is? She is somebody who Archie runs into when he's on the run. Ah. So he's going to take refuge at her house, but then it's also been revealed that he goes to some farm. And so I think Archie's going to end up at the farm by accident. And I could see Riley Key's character being somebody at the farm. Interesting. Or like a weird safe house thing. So we're going to see her pop up, maybe not next episode, but the one after it. I think this keeps tying back to the farm and the Gargoyle King are opposing forces. 
Perhaps they are linked for sure. I think the seizures that Evelyn Ever Never is giving these kids is protective. It's trying to stop them to get away from the Gargoyle King. But that didn't work with, with Ethel. It doesn't necessarily work. It's almost like it's like a sight. I'm going to let you be able to see him. I don't, but that doesn't make sense because Jughead, and he hasn't come in contact with any of them. Right. As far as we know. He hasn't had a seizure. So it's just, I don't It's something to do with Evelyn. I'm just not sure what. I don't know. The, the farm seems to be something different. And I think if there is another farm out mm-hmm. there, it's possible... It's possible, A, that they're an opposing force, or it's possible that these farms have popped up as these varied cults, either fighting against or for the Gargoyle King. It could also be a legitimate just farm. Well, that's possible, too. I'm not going to... I mean, We could get there, yeah, but... I mean, I, I could also see that being a thing. Just and, a safe house in the outskirts. And Ry- Riley's character being someone who has escaped the farm... And she just happens to live on this other non-cult farm play. I, I don't know. We're also going to get back in touch with Joaquin. Yes. So Joaquin in the trailer reveals that the symbol that they put on Archie means sacrifice. Right. So that's what Archie's supposed to, as the Red Paladin was supposed to be. Uh-huh. A sacrifice to the Gargoyle King. So, so the Gargoyle King is owed a sacrifice. Somebody going to die. It's probably Joaquin. Yeah, probably. I'm okay with that. He's gotten I, to stick around for I, this long. I, it's a resolution to his character, so I'm okay with that. Like, I'm disappointed for Kevin to a degree, because we haven't seen any more with him and Moose. But I'm okay with it. Like, I don't know. I'm going to have to mull this over a little bit more to figure out where I think this is going to go. The bigger question is, how is Jug's game predicting what's going on in the real world? What does Jughead know? What has he pieced together? And Jughead seems to be fighting against the interests of the Gargoyle King. Because, remember, Jug's gone rust coal here, so he's manic and crazy, but he wants to take the Gargoyle King down. It's like he can see the Matrix, but he doesn't know how to change it. Not yet. No, but in that he can see something within the Matrix, he has changed it. Because the Red Paladin didn't die. Not to mention, he saw the Gargoyle King and he's, knew as already as, something's yeah. going on. So he's tapped into something that we don't know. Or maybe the Gargoyle King it has is like anointing Jughead to take over to be the new Gargoyle King. Because it's that whole type of thing. Or Jughead's going to become the sacrifice because the parents did this. There's so many rabbit holes you could go down through. And I'm kind of excited that there's so many options that I don't know which one to take. Because the last scene of this trailer is Betty pulling the parents together saying this ends yeah tell us what fucking happened Mm -hmm. because you guys didn't tell us the whole truth yeah something else is going on here and we see penelope we haven't seen her this season yet well we saw her in the parents meeting but i'm excited about that also where's not clifford claudius where's claudius and where's hal Oh, oh yeah. Where the fuck is Hal? Well, Hal's technically in jail. He's in the silence of the Hannibal Lecter prison uh, last time we saw him, so I assume he's still there. But I want to see Betty go talk to him. What was Hal's last line to her? You can't escape this. You'll never he, escape no, this. No, no. It was it's like, yeah, because you have the same darkness as me. And then that's when we figured, no, she doesn't. Polly has the darkness. Because we need to go after Polly. Polly's a problem. Maybe. Yeah. So we're getting Gladys Jones in episode nine. 
So where does she come from? Oh, she's going to pick up Archie. With yeah. That's how we're going to get her. Okay. Thank you. I, that is my official prediction that Gla- Jughead's going to go after him and Gladys is going to help pick him up. And then we'll get Jelly Bean too. Yay. I mean, anyway, there's so many ways they could go. Yeah. Which makes pr- makes predictions hard. Now, what's the dumbest decision they can make? Because that's the one they're likely to do. Sure. <laughs> well, the the dumbest one right off the bat is the most obvious, which is that Edgar, who we've never met, is the Gargoyle King. That's because it's just two connected dots. Or it's like Claudius, who we haven't seen. Like, it's just, it's weird. But I will say this. Whatever the recap, when you, we get recaps, pay attention. Because they're tr- they purposely put things in there previously on Riverdale to remind you of something that's going to come back. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in lieu of a brand new episode on the 28th from us, we're going to bring you our very first episode of our coverage of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in what we like to call The Chilling Adventures of the Doghouse. So that is something you can look forward to in lieu of a brand new Riverdale episode. Check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, until next time. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.